0: South African Airways says uh, that it believes that it had uh, in the past been infiltrated by an international crime syndicate which looted hundreds of millions of rands through corrupt tenders in the procurement of aircraft parts. Now, SAA says some of this dates as far back as 2015 and 2016. The airline says it has launched an investigation uh, to look into whether it had been supplied uh, dodgy parts that failed to meet industry standards. So for more on this, we joined on the line by aviation expert and SA Flyer magazine managing editor Guy Leach. Guy, thanks for your time this afternoon. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Good afternoon. Nice to be with you.
0: So, Guy, first off, uh, do you have any further details as to how SAA became aware that there may have been something untoward with regard to these procurement processes?
1: Well, I don't have the exact detail other than um, the expectation that a, the, the, the new management that has just recently been appointed obviously got to grips with key issues of which one of the most pressing for any maintenance organization anywhere is what we would call the provenance or, of parts or the history or traceability of parts. So they've been going through their, uh, their, their, their stores, their inventory of parts and making sure that all the parts are properly traceable. It is, the, it is any aircraft maintenance organization's single biggest nightmare to have untraceable parts. It's brought down airlines and airliners in the past. Uh, in South Africa, a few, what 12 years ago, we had that example of nationwide airlines where an engine just broke off and it was left behind on the runway. These are the sort of issues that we see. And non-traceable parts. What we often see is either pirate parts, where a much cheaper part is typically made in, let's say, the Far East, often China, and is used as a, as a copy of a proper Boeing or Airbus part. Those can be quite hard to detect because they often have fake um, serial numbers on them as well, rather, than like, rather like fake banknotes. But then you also have problems with parts um, traceability in terms of the age of a part. If it was taken off an airliner um, shortly before it was due to be replaced for old age and stuck into another airliner as a new part, then you're going to have these sort of problems as well. It's all about doing audits and bookkeeping, and it's absolutely vital that this be done properly for the safety of their, and the comfort, the security of their passengers.
0: What do you make, Guy, of SAA's uh, revelation, especially given that uh, what we're talking about, uh, we're we talking about uh, parts uh, that don't meet industry standards and the procurement process in and of itself. How difficult or how easy should it be for them to get to the bottom of this?
1: Well, it's incredibly difficult. The, um, another aspect of, of, of your earlier question was actually that this was raised by the Civil Aviation Authority. They just sort of quietly noted that the um, stabilator screwjack of this Mango airline that had supposedly... Nosedived, didn't have a proper traceable history. Now that fire should create enormous red warning flags right across the entire industry, and it is actually uh, really a lot of pressure on uh, the Civil Aviation Authority now to ground Mango because, as I've said, if they haven't got comfort that these were the absolute certainty that the correct parts have been used that aren't too old and that are original parts then they they, they need to seriously consider grounding the airline uh, until they know that all the parts are genuine. Um, And it's absolutely vital that the the, the passengers have that knowledge. Um, As I said, they've done that with Semair already. They've done that with uh, SA Express. So I think there's a lot of pressure on the Civil Aviation Authority at this stage.
0: So we look at all the other problems that they are faced with. Uh, We know that they are constantly requesting bailouts. um, But how do we expect SAA to actually lift itself out of the doldrums and become financially uh, stable when things like these are going on? We talk about management issues. We talk about costly procurement mishaps such as uh, the case that we are looking at now.
1: Well, this is precisely it. It's all about management. And unfortunately, the history of SAA over the past 20 or so years is that not always the best people have been appointed to management. Uh, Right now, we're seeing a a job specification having been put out for a new chief executive. And for the first time, they're looking for um, a, a a turnaround experience. And that would probably mean that no South African, with the possible exception of Nico Bezadenhout, who, funnily enough, is the current and just freshly arrived CEO of Mango, um, would have that sort of experience. So we might see a new and international world-class, dare I say, pale male um, CEO come in for SAA, given the depth of its problems. But the SAA's problems are, are, are at all levels. SAA's problems start, perhaps, with its route network, which um, Riani Johanna, the outgoing or the previous CEO, have said many of the international routes are still loss-making. If those routes are loss-making, the basic engine of the business is broken. On top of that, obviously, we've got a bloated management structure. The airline shrunk its routes by pretty much 20% in its seat availability. So it should have cut its... It's, it's a staff complement from 10,000 to about 8,000. What it succeeded in doing was getting rid of it most of its best pilots, or well, I'm sorry, 20% of its best pilots. but so it's now short-staffed in pilots, and yet it can't get rid of the over, overweight management structure. And then, of course, there's the usual issues that go with any state-owned enterprise, such as bad procurement. Um, which also need to be rooted out of the organization. It's extremely difficult to turn the organization around. That is why Mr. Johanna, who was well-respected, tried and failed. And it's all the more hard to believe that uh, Ethiopian Airlines would be prepared to take a minority stake in South African Airways.
0: Well, we'll have to leave it there. Thanks for your time this afternoon. Uh, Guy Leach is uh, aviation expert and SA Flyer magazine's managing editor. Well, staying with matters related to um, aviation. So yesterday we spoke about uh, NUMSA and of course uh, the court says that NUMSA may return at the end of November to argue why um, the interim order should not be made permanent. Now, SAA yesterday managed to interdict the planned strike by Air Chef staff members. Air Chef's employees are not Happy because the anniversary bonus uh, that was due to them was unilaterally withdrawn by management. So for more on this, we join on the line by NUMSA's national spokesperson, Pagamile hlubi Majola. Uh, Ms. Majola, thanks for your time this afternoon. So your reaction to the strike being interdicted? Good
2: afternoon, Sakina, and good afternoon to your listeners. Before I go into the issue of the question that you've raised in relation to airships, I'd like to respond to what Guy Leach is saying. First and foremost, as we have been at the forefront of exposing corruption at South African Airways Technical, so we're not surprised that these revelations are coming out. We have had to go to court to force the SAA board and senior management just to implement the findings of the forensic reports which they had paid for, which were looking into rampant looting and corruption at South African Airways Technical. Um, But where we disagree fundamentally with um, uh, Mr. Leach is where he says SAA cannot be turned around and that Ruyani Jahana failed to turn around the airline. That's not true. Ruyani Jahana resigned because he was not supported by government, the shareholder, in the turnaround strategy, which had the support of the private sector as well as the board. And this turnaround strategy, interestingly enough, did not involve mass retrenchment of workers, it actually spoke to uh, dealing with issues of good, clean governance, which to date, as NUMSA, we are struggling to get the board of SAA and SAAT to deal with. As far as we're concerned, the problems at SAA have got everything to do with looting and corruption, and the fact that the ANC government has sent employees whose mandate is the destruction of South African airways so that the justification for privatization can then uh, make sense. And that's why people like Guy Leach would promote the sale of SAA when we have evidence of a state-owned entity that is a successful airline in the form of Ethiopian Airlines.
0: I'm not sure about Guy's views uh, pertaining to that further than what he has just said, uh, which was that uh, in terms of a turnaround strategy, uh, we would probably uh, see, and uh, to use his turn of phrase, a pale male coming in from elsewhere to do this work because we simply do not have the expertise here in South Africa.
2: Well, that that might be a possibility. But what what he also said was that um, this was an airline that could not be turned around. And we reject that notion completely because we believe that it can be turned around. Its problems have to do with mismanagement and corruption. And until the South African Airways Board and management deal with those issues decisively the way that they should, then this airline, unfortunately, will continue to, to, uh, to perform badly. We will continue to see... Um, um, the, the, the crisis that we've
0: seen in South African areas in the last couple of years. Pagamile Tlubi Majola, i have to ask you to just stay on the line for me. We're going to take news headlines and then I'll be back and we'll continue with this conversation. Please stay on the line. Sakina Kamwendo on SAFM. Thank you, Zile. Let's get back to this conversation uh, with uh, NUMSA's national spokesperson, Pagamile Tlubi Majola, and it relates, of course, to that interdict uh, uh, of uh, the planned um, uh, protest action there by air chef staff. And uh, yesterday, uh, the court ruled uh, that it uh, should be interdicted. So uh, we are getting reaction from NUMSA on this particular matter. Uh, Maslubi Majola, firstly, uh, as we come back to it, it's not firstly, um, mm-hmm. I was asking about, you know, your reaction to that interdict.
2: Yes, of course, as Nusa, we are disappointed that the Labour Courts uh, granted chef a temporary interdict on the strike. Um, and what this means basically for our members is that we cannot embark on strike action. The court has asked for us to return on the 27th of November, where we will make detailed arguments as to why this interim interdict must not be made permanent. So our legal team, um, together with our officials at AirChef, are already hard at work in putting together those arguments. In fact, we are hoping to get a court date that is sooner than the one that's been given to us of the 27th of November so that we can make our arguments because we maintain that um, our members, first of all, followed the correct process in relation to ensuring that the strike would be a, a legal strike. And secondly, we also maintain that on the issue of the anniversary bonus, we still believe that this bonus was unilaterally withdrawn by the management of Airchef, And this was even backed up by the fact that the Catering Bargaining Council found in our favor on this issue. And that's why they even gave us um, the the right to then seek a strike certificate.
0: So have you been able to engage Airchef's management at all? not as yet um, we the, the ruling was handed down yesterday afternoon
2: so much of our efforts have been geared towards ensuring that our members are at work and that they continue to do their work um, because of course the planned strike has now been I suppose you can say it's been postponed because they've not been able to embark on strike as was supposed to be the case from today.
0: And and prior to this stage, I mean, have you been able to speak to management and if so, what what did they have to say about this uh, accusation, the allegation that they unilaterally withdrew these bonuses?
2: We've been engaging management of A-ships, uh on this issue since the beginning of the year when it became very clear that this bonus was now being removed. And um, in fact, we took the matter up even to the bargaining council of the catering um, the, the catering bargaining council, and we did locked if i 'm not mistaken sometime in April over this issue and effectively, what we were saying is that for ten years or more, workers at airshipfs had received both an anniversary bonus as well as an annual bonus, and it was part of their conditions and benefits of being employees at airships, and we managed to successfully make that argument as the Catering Bargaining Council, which is why they felt that we were within our rights to then strike over this issue and granted us uh, that certificate around that time in April.
0: Well, we we'll leave it there for the timing. Thanks so much, uh, NUMSA's National Spokesperson, Pagimile Khlubi Majola.